So I want to talk a little bit today about the history of Christianity. Now, my guess is being at Loyola High School, most of the students here are either Catholic Christian, Protestant Christian, or if you're another faith or maybe no faith at all, you come across the general Christian theological story. So the story goes something like this. Jesus was born. He was the son of God. He died and rose for our sins, and if you believe in that, then you can gain access to heaven. So that's sort of the Christian theological story. What I want to do right now, though, is talk about the Christian historical story, which has a little bit more complexity to it. In order to do this, though, we've got to step back for a moment and remember that the fact is Jesus was born a Jewish individual. And because of that, we need to know a little bit about Jewish history and the Jewish context to understand Christianity. So in order to understand this, let's go back to what Catholic Christians and Protestant Christians call the Old Testament. For Jewish people, it's the Hebrew Scriptures. In the Hebrew Scriptures, we get a basic story about the relationship of the Jewish people to Yahweh, their God. So go back to Abraham. We are told that Yahweh promised Abraham that the Jewish people were his chosen people. Now, on the opposite end, the Jewish people then had to promise that they would be loyal and faithful to Yahweh. And from there on out in Hebrew scriptures, the drama or story of the Jewish people is about how the Jewish people sin or fall away from Yahweh and then how they return to Yahweh. So what is the sin that we're talking about? Well, kind of two levels. One is Jewish people living in the area of the Middle East, sort of syncretizing or mixing with other religious beliefs. And the second one that we get from a lot of the prophets is Jewish kings not treating the widow or the poor very well. Whenever this happens, Yahweh seems to step back and allow empires to take over. And then over time, Yahweh being faithful to his promise under Abraham comes back and saves the Jewish people. Probably the best example of this that's really important for what we're talking about happens in 1 BCE, one before the Common Era, the century right before that time period. And that is with Alexander the Great's empire. Uh, after he died, the, his empire split up into three different sections. One of them was called the Seleucid Empire. The Seleucid Empire was in charge of the area where the Jewish people lived. And a group of Jewish people called the Maccabees, under the leader of somebody named Judas Maccabee, arose and they were able to kick out the Macedonians, Alexander the Great's Seleucid Empire. Now, this was kind of amazing because of how powerful that empire was. And so the lesson that Jewish people took from this was, if you're faithful to Yahweh, Yahweh will reward you. You will not be conquered. Well, right after that, the Jewish people are conquered. They are conquered by probably one of the most powerful empires of the time period, the Roman Empire. And it's in that context that Jesus is born into. Okay, so when the Roman Empire took over, they made an agreement with a group of priests who were kind of new at the time called the Sadducees. The Sadducees were in charge of the temple. And as you know, the temple is very important in Jewish religion, still is today. The temple is a symbolic sort of like center hub of the Jewish religion. It's where the Ten Commandments are housed. It's the history of the Jewish people going back to Solomon and the great kingdom of Israel. And on top of all of that, the temple is the place where Jewish people can do at that time period their rituals and sacrifices to Yahweh in order to demonstrate their loyalty. The Sadducees then would demand of all Jewish people that they either buy or pay a fee for the animals that were used for sacrifice, which meant they basically were centralizing wealth and power within the temple. 
In response to the Sadducees, then, were a local movement called the Pharisees. And the Pharisees basically challenged the Sadducees and said, okay, we're going to have this local movement to help people out in which they formed synagogues, and they also helped people out economically at the local level to support themselves. Now, we think that actually Jesus came out of this Pharisaical movement. Now, you're probably like, really? Because in you know, my readings in freshman year in, in the Bible, I remember Jesus going after the Pharisees all the time, which is true. But it appears that Jesus had disagreements with the Pharisees because they were more like his brothers than they were his opponents. Uh, How do we know this? The the Pharisees talked about an afterlife. This was not known in Jewish theology before this time period. Uh, They talked about the idea that there was an afterlife. Jesus preached about an afterlife. There seems to be a lot of similarities between Jesus and the Pharisees. So what was Jesus' message? Well, remember, Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew talks on a mountaintop, and he gives a whole bunch of beatitudes or laws or rules, not to replace the laws and rules of Judaism, but to fulfill them from the past. This is symbolic of Moses in the Mosaic Law. Jesus is giving the new law. And what is this new law? The new law is what we would call the kingdom of God. It is a place that will be ushered in, in which the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Uh, If you have an enemy, you are to pray and love for them. Uh, If somebody strikes you on the cheek, give them the other cheek. If somebody takes your shirt, give them your cloak as well. In other words, what Jesus seems to be preaching is under Roman occupation, there is a need for Jewish people to come together, congregate, and form the greatest commandment of all from the Jewish scriptures, love your neighbor as you would love your God and yourself. In other words, support one another under this occupation, build a new kingdom, a kingdom of God, based upon love, not occupation. Okay, so why is Jesus killed? Well, Jesus seems to be challenging the rule of the Sadducees. Remember, what is the last thing Jesus does before his death? He goes to the temple and says, hey guys, you're treating the temple as a den of thieves. Now, does he mean that they're basically doing thievery? Well, not exactly. Probably it's more metaphorical. What he's saying here is, you've changed my father's house, a place in which people are supposed to be treated equally, into a place of centralization of wealth and power. And then he claims that he has the right to make this claim because he is the Messiah. That's very important. In Jewish theology, there are various beliefs on what the Messiah is. The Messiah may be the nation of Israel itself. The Messiah may be the community of people, or the Messiah may be an individual who comes to usher in a new age. And that seems to be what Jesus is preaching. So Jesus is taken by the Sadducees in collaboration with the Romans. He is put to death. Um, Then his followers claim that he rose from the dead, which is then picked up by a Pharisee who initially was persecuting the Christians but then decided to become a Christian himself, and that is Paul of Tarsus. Uh, Paul, who had both um, citizenship in as a Jewish person and within Rome, takes the message of Christianity out to Rome and starts to tell people, look, all you got to do is believe in this guy who, who died and rose from the dead, and you will be saved and you can enter into the afterlife. Well, this is really appealing to especially the Roman poor, who are oftentimes excluded by Roman religions. So that makes Christianity universal, and it now spreads out into Rome. Now, what becomes really important is what happens after this time. So within Christian scriptures, there's prophecies about this, but we don't know if this was you know, before the time or written afterwards. In 70 AD, there is a huge, or 70 CE, the common era, there is a huge rebellion that takes place in which the most radical elements of the Jewish people, a group called the Zealots, their military arm called the Sicarii, I love that name, the Sakari rebel against the Romans, and they kick them out. They win for two years. At the end of two years, the Roman general Vespasian comes with 10,000 men 
doesn't conquer the Jews. He just builds a wall around Jerusalem and starves them out. And at the end of that time, they go in and destroy the city of Jerusalem. They burn the temple to the ground. And the Jewish people are then sent out in what's called the diaspora across the world. Now, a small group of people do escape. Um, some Sakari escape to a local mountaintop called the Masada. And they put up a rebellion there for about a year. It worked pretty well. And then at the end of that time, a Roman general figured it out. He built a great big tower, put it on wheels, and we got wheeling it up uh, to the top of the mountain. And when they got to the top of the mountain, everybody there, all the Jewish Sakari, had, cre- had, had done ritual suicide. They did not want to be occupied um, by the Romans anymore. At the end of this, there's a questioning in the Jewish community. If the Maccabees won, why didn't we win? And the answer that comes up is multiple. Two of the biggest ones are, for mainstream Jewish people, the argument that there were heretics in our midst. One of those heretics is the Jewish Christian community. For the Jewish Christian community, the argument is, no, our guy, Jesus, he is the Messiah, and you didn't buy into that. That is why you ended up in the space that you were in. Okay, so the early history of Christianity, I hope this kind of helps, is remember, it is a Jewish faith. It is a Jewish faith based upon this idea of sin and redemption. We sin, we fall away, we need to be redeemed by God. Jesus preaches the idea of a kingdom of God under Roman occupation. Paul takes his idea out and universalizes it into Rome itself. And at the end of this rebellion in the Jewish community, there's a splitting in which the Jewish group, the mainstream Jewish group, goes off and forms synagogues around the world and tries to maintain its identity across the world. And the Christian Jewish group goes off and actually forms a separate identity, which eventually becomes the Catholic Church. And then long down the road, we're going to see the Protestants uh, in their rebellion against Catholic authority. So I hope this helps out in giving a little bit of a sense of the history of the early origins of Christianity.